This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome to the FBI Basement. This is the podcast where we are going to watch and review every last episode of the hit 90s television spectacular, The X-Files. Wait, 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 wait. Every episode? Yes, every episode. Why? Why not? (sighs) We are relentless in our search of the truth here. Have we found it yet? I am Todd, your host, the conspiracy theorist. I am joined today by my partner in investigations, Shannon. Hello. And joining us as well is the best panel podcasting history, and I'm going to say that very honestly here, uh, indicted for multiple counts of fraud against the U.S., Marissa Leterio. Pleading guilty for a reduced sentence, Tanya. Hi. And totally trying to skip the country before the indictment lands, Valentin Strand. Like, I just want to say there's very good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> both sides of what? An indictment? <laughs> Lots of good people on both sides of indictments, Todd. Lots of them. I feel like we're being very topical right now, but the topic we're here to discuss is episode 12 of the first season of The X-Files. It's called Fire, and it was written by... Chris Carter, directed by Larry Shaw. Okay, that's why it's nonsensical. It originally aired on December 17th, 1993. Did a 6.8 with a 12 share in terms of ratings, which means about 6.4 million households. So this is uh, another Monster of the Week episode. Yeah, we're going to get those for a while. Uh, just, Just get comfortable with this. We need a different and category. We need Creep of the Week. Yeah. Oh, this guy was fun. <laughs> I have so much to say about Mark Shepard, but I will wait. Right. Because before we get to the episode recap, we have to do the dissemination of the information, right? What? I'm telling you what Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to plead the fifth on that until I can see the plea deal from the U.S. attorney. All right. Well, uh, some information that we're going to get is, uh, one, the Medicinal Mass Network, where you can listen to our other podcast, The Adventures of Todd and Shannon, featuring me and Shannon and sometimes Marissa and anybody else we happen to run into when we go to these wonderful conventions and other nerdy events that we uh, frequent. Yeah. You can go to the Medicinal Mass Network and see and hear other podcasts, too. And Valentine's going to tell you all about them. You guys ever played the game uh, Cards Against Humanity? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a really, really sick and twisted uh, podcast called Family Against Humanity, where probably the the dirtiest people I know get together and say some of the most fucked up shit. It's a good listen. How do you know them? (laughs) It it takes one to know one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I see. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I'd also like to throw it to my lovely wife to tell you about the books she wrote. I wrote books? Oh, yes. Yeah, as you know, if you click the link, if you go to the web, our a wonderful, amazing website, you know that I have written a series of books, and you can get them either on the Amazon or at www.schuffwrites.com. And that also has a lot of other fun things, like pictures and rainbows and unicorns, uh, because I'm updating the site and there will be rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> and pie. More rainbows and more unicorns. And also, uh, artwork. If you like 
art. If you need graphic design, Marissa is your girl. I will. Uh, I'll do your book covers. I'll draw stuff for you. I'll, I'll show you how to do what I do. It's at Autolite Art Facebook. Um, basically just odd light like a light bulb art. I got it this time. <laughs> Are commissions Yay! open right now? <laughs> yes, always. Always open. Oh, sweet. Right. And she'll also occasionally stream it on... Uh... Picarto.tv. A Picarto.tv. Picarto. Yeah, <laughs> Picarto. Also, we should maybe mention that you and I are going to be at a convention in December. Oh, what are, where are we going? Uh, we're going back to Yamacon at Pigeon Forge at the Lacan Center from the 1st to the 3rd of uh, December. And we'll be there. And Johnny Young Bosch, who's a very nice young man, will also be there. And we are working on uh costumes oh yeah yeah we're gonna do so it's gonna be fun we're gonna be uh characters from the studio ghibli movie ghibli 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 we're gonna be characters from the studio ghibli movie porco rosso which has nothing to do with the x-files i get to be a pig (laughs) that's gonna be fun (laughs) but there will also be professor aishai and some vocaloids and some guys from The walking dead and cosplayers and disney karaoke and (laughs) Disney karaoke, which he is always excited about. And let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> and um and if that's not your thing, there is some uh things at something called Senpai Central if you want to go and do some shady twenty one and over things. Oh yeah. Ooh. Fun stuff over there. <laughs> and that will round out our year and then I'll do the announcements of twenty eighteen when we get to them because I'm really excited about our twenty eighteen. So Okay. <laughs> So that was a lot of information. Did anyone got anything else? I'm all disseminated. Well, that was a good episode. I think we're done. Okay. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, we're working on a Patreon thing right now. Are we going to give access to Patreon supporters access to our Discord? Yeah, you're going to have some special access to our chat channels and uh, be a couple different tiers, be a couple different uh, exclusives that you'll be able to get, and uh, we'll let you know about bar- about that in future episodes. We're going to have some goodies. We're going to have goodies, some extra access. I think that that once we get people in the Discord, we should do Q&A episodes. Yeah. Just like, you know, instead of re- just reviews, just just engage with the people. Well, we could, def- we could, even, we could even do uh, live things where they can listen in to us recording and do live Q&A as well. So it'll be pretty pretty cool. I would love to, fig- to figure out how to acquire and stream the the X Files uh, FMV game that was out for PlayStation. Oh God, hmm. that would be so cool. <laughs> that was one that I I we have some really on, bad memories, and we could just riff on it the whole time. Uh, is that the one that has my uh, academic advisor as the fisherman? Maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's get. We we have uh, delayed this far enough. <laughs> let's get to the episode. <laughs> we just don't want to do this episode, Todd. Let's get to the recap. <laughs> Oh, God, no. Okay, in Bosham, England, a wealthy elderly man says goodbye to his wife before leaving for work, and suddenly it goes up like a fucking Roman candle. <laughs> well, the British are very flammable, Todd. The Brit- it's all the gym, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go up like a... This guy goes up like a candle, spontaneous human combustion. His family and house staff are watch him just burn horribly to death. Incur- including an Irish gardener named Cecil Lively. Fergus? wrote down this dude's totally getting off on that fire. And then you notice that he's got dirt on his knees. And it's like, he wasn't gardening before when he got that dirt on his knees. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fergus? Opening theme song. Who wants to sing it this week? No, let's not all jump at it at once. Okay. Nobody wanted to do that. No, no. I just didn't want to take the lead, but I guess I'll just do it next time. All right, so the uh, show opens in Washington, D.C. Mulder and Scully are getting into their car after a court date, which apparently sometimes you actually get to make an arrest if you work for the FBI. Who knew? Or they do. I mean... It's like, how do you... you, you they, they haven't, I don't think, made that many arrests yet except for the, the, the liver guy. Maybe that's why they were... I don't know. I uh, wonder whatever happened to that dude. I wonder if we'll see him again. I don't know. Uh, well... <laughs> And sitting in the uh, automobile is a cassette tape. Now, for all of you uh, who may not be aware, before you could burn music onto a compact disc. Wait, no, no, I need to go a little bit further. Before music came on an iPod. No, 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 that doesn't work either. Before you started downloading it on YouTube. Before you started streaming music everywhere. You had to record it on magnetic tape, which fat, which set in plastic cartridges, and if and if it got messed up, you had to take a pencil and just wind it back up in there. <laughs> yeah, you would you would download from Thank the you, radio. Grandpa. You could record off the radio and make a mixtape for a girl you really like, except she doesn't actually really like you, and <laughs> will uh and will expose your feelings to the entire seventh grade class in the middle of gym. <laughs> I feel like you may have hit some nerves here. Triggers. Shut up. <laughs> it turns out not to be an all-rush mixtape. Which uh, is what I thought it was. But a message from a mysterious British woman who uh, describes an incident where a gentleman put a tape into their car stereo and exploded. <laughs> and uh, just as Mulder and Scully are crapping their pants, Phoebe Green comes to greet them. With all her teeth. Is, is it just and me or did Mulder look like he was just welcoming death? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I sister. always knew that I would. Yeah, I. it's like I always knew I would die this way. Okay. Well, how let's did go. he not know her voice? Like, you know? Like, this is literally like he realizes that this is what the for- the gypsy fortune teller told him is the, how he would die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, here it is. I accept this. <laughs> Phoebe works for Scotland Yard, and as it turns out, it is an old flame of molders from when they attended Oxford together. Waka waka. Wait, wait, wait. Is Scotland Yard in Scotland? No. <laughs> then why do they call it Scotland Yard? You know why they call it Scotland Yard. No, a big really smart one. Uh, because Scotland Yard was actually the original plot of where they put the London Metropolitan Police Department in Whitechapel. You see, children, there wasn't a police department until someone called Jack the Ripper decided to just cut up hookers in London. And because he was in Whitehall, the neighborhood of London, that's where they put the the Metro Police Department. Like, goddamn, we're losing all our hookers. We need to keep these girls safe. I think you're not saying it right, though, Valentina. I think it would be more like, blimey, we're losing all our tots. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my accent there is more real than some of the British accents you hear in this episode. Oh, very cockney. Very cockney. Oh, my God. 
and which thus began a long and illustrious history of barge of uh, men in strange hats barging into rooms, going, "Hey, what's, yeah, old, what's all this?" Listen. Then? <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, Mulder got it on at Oxford, and I think they probably had the weirdest sex relationship ever. I, I tell you, I look at this woman, and she looks like she gives like the toothiest blowjob. Oh, no, 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 no. See, <laughs> see, there is a conversation about where they fucked later that you're like, no, 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 that's not even the weirdest thing they did. <laughs> No, I think it got weird. But this woman looks like a female, the female version of Austin Powers. Yeah, by the way. Uh, I will, I will give the casting director uh, kudos good. that she is that the woman who plays Phoebe Green is actually British, and that Mark Shepard is also British and has an amazing Cockney accent. He doesn't get to use in this episode at all. She is the most British person ever. That's true. And like I said, you know, Mark Shepard is from South London, who has, and he has the, the a Cockney accent. The show won't get this British again until Will Manicured Man shows up. English. <laughs> and then, like, for ten minutes in the movie. <laughs> so did they already show where she reaches in and, like, like uh, face tongues Mulder? Yeah. Yeah. That, that basically, they after outside the car, they start eating each other's face, and yeah. Scully is like, What? What? <laughs> I think she's more jealous. Yeah, I think you were a little more jealous than she was at that scene. You were sitting there like, you fucking bitch. What's that? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Nah. (laughs) 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 I can actually hear you blushing over the audio. I don't know what my note here here is to just sort of get the heat off uh, on you there. But for some reason, I, I have a note of... 10 to 1, you can't dance to it, but I bet Pennywise can. Everyone's but, already forgotten about that movie by now, I think. <laughs> at least, I don't think, at least I don't think they've forgotten about the meme. Green explains that a serial arsonist is targeting British the British aristocracy. Oh, God. Tell me the aristocracy is all right. Well, and, you know, those are the ones who are the, the most flammable, right? Are the British aristocracy. Like, you can't put Charles, Prince Charles, in direct sunlight because uh, he will catch on fire. They just seem so papery and dry. Their skin uh, is so thin from years of inbreeding. Uh, the victims are burned alive <laughs> with no trace of evidence, no accelerants, no gasoline. The only links between the crimes are the suspects' love letters to the victims' wives. <laughs> uh, which, like... <laughs> Creepy. Creepy, 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 uh, like, creepy. You know, I'm sure there's like some poetry there too. Roses are red, red. violets are, are blue. blue. <laughs> Your husband's on fire. I love you. <laughs> Guess what I do for a living, boys and girls? Still, my accent is more real than half the British accent in this stupid episode. The latest target is Sir Malcolm Marsden, who is visiting Cape Cod for protection after escaping an attack by the killer. I would like to point out to our viewers at home or listeners, enjoy how Cape Cod will not look the same <laughs> when Mulder goes to Cape Cod to talk to his father in season two. Yeah, this is the nice part of Cape Cod. This is where British aristocrats go to visit. Okay, so not where my in-laws are. Gotcha. And it's this, you know, it's like, you know, the they've got like two adorable boys and... And it looks like they're coming from a funeral. Did you not? Like, she's like... Lady Marsden has, like, a funeral hat. So, of course, like, Mark Shepard's already there and affecting an American accent. Fergus, what are you doing? Okay, so um, I'm going to stop the episode here. And just so everyone knows, uh, Mark Shepard, we play that that guy who was in that thing. Mark Shepard is the most notable guest star in this because he ends up being that guy in that thing 
literally for like the next 20 years. That's the, except that's for the, the last four seasons of the supernatural. He played as Crowley and he is Crowley. And I had to mention that. So I'm, I'm hoping my friend, uh, Miss McAuliffe, uh, author of a fantastic series called gears of Golgotha. This one is for you. Does she listen? I told her to listen specifically to this episode. Okay. <laughs> she should listen to all the episodes. I told her she should, doing? but she's, she does not like the X-Files. Well, she'll like him. If she'll like our take on him. Well, and I also told her she would like it because Mark Shepard was in this episode. Uh, Mulder and Scully go to visit the pyro expert, right? Who and the, is the, creepy as hell. He's the one guy in the X in the FBI that's creepier than Mulder. <laughs> I mean, this guy, like, you get the impression that this dude like watches footage of burning buildings and just jacks off. Talking about the bald guy with the mustache, right? Right. Yeah, right. I think the you're, guy you're who getting might redundant well, yeah. when you talk about him like liking burning things and jacking off. You look at that guy, you're like, yeah, he obviously likes to do that. <laughs> like, he is getting off on this. Like, this is officially Mulder has brought him a spank bank for him. This entire <laughs> episode is about pyrophilia. But another bit of questioning is added to this episode is that only rocket fuel can burn hot enough to destroy evidence of its origins. Wow, these are incredibly hot fires that are being set here. I would like to also note that the uh, fire expert, I think, actually came when he said spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> like, you know, fire, don't touch that shit, no matter how shiny. Did anyone else feel like Krieger was a part of that episode from Archer? That entire scene could have been done this by Krieger. This guy loves fire more than Donald Sutherland loved fire in Backlash. Are we allowed to mix in cooler shows with this one? Because I don't know if we're allowed to do yes. that. I, I think we could. Also, this is a cool show, so don't... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, and especially with the uh, episode after this, I think we're going to have to talk about a cooler show than this. Mulder tells Scully that Green is using the case to play a mind game, exploiting uh, Mulder's debilitating fear of fire, which is... How many debilitating fears does this guy have? Only two, and we will never see this one again. So you'll hear, see fire oh. and bugs? And we will never see it again. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I see it on the can right there. It says rocket propulsion that he's painting with. And it, like the, the stupid thing that we're watching it on now just freeze framed on it, too. He's painting the entire house with rocket fuel. Hmm. Huh. Crazy. I didn't. I, I did not notice that. Yeah, I didn't catch that going through. But this thing that we're watching it on keeps skipping. I mean, this DVD that is skipping and freeze framing. Yeah, no, it it's def it definitely said rocket fuel on the can that he's painting the entire inside of the house with. It did not. It, yeah. It, did I, it really? Yeah, it really, it really freaking did. Also, we missed a scene where he was getting the two little kids to come over to him and he wanted him, wanted oh, him to right, smoke it, cigarettes. It, oh, and he lights the smoke with his mind. I, I made the Pennywise joke earlier, but yeah, there's some weird creepiness with children. Mm. Is that when he tries to get him to smoke? Yeah, that was that was a scene right before then where where he was painting the inside of the house. Okay. Yeah, my note says pedo scene of the season. <laughs> I wrote creepy pedo two kids. <laughs> I think my note is just simply hello boys. I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he, while acting as the caretaker for the Marsdens, Cecil Lively befriends the sick family driver, offers to go into town to get some cough syrup for him. Uh, while he's there, he's using his pyrokinetic abilities to burn down a local bar without any apparent motive. Because he can. When he's like, you know, just about to, you know, it looks like he's pretty much got this. Uh, uh, no, he's talking I... to this girl in this bar, right? Yeah. Oh, she's he looks like he's got him. it in the bag, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
She wants them. Well, and like, here's the thing <laughs> about that specific scene is prior to that, and I think it's before that is that my note here is never before in television history was a mom dress shot so erotically mm. uh, is when he's perving on Lady Lady Marsden again. I just assumed that was like, because they, they talk about in serial killer psychology triggers like that, stressors. I just assumed it was a stressor. So he basically just had to, you know, go and burn down a bar just for the hell of it. Yes. Uh, a random supernatural reference here. I, I'm sorry. One of the survivors is interviewed by Mulder and Green. Wasn't it amazing that she had like zero burns on her body, guys? Like zero. Now she tells them of the assailant's apparent ability to set to will fire into existence. The Marsden's driver becomes an even sicker due to the poisoned cough syrup purchased provided by Lively. What did he poison it with? I don't know. Did anyone else see that? Mm-hmm. Because of his illness, Lively is recruited to drive the family into Boston that night to attend a party at a luxury hotel. Because apparently, if you're trying to lay low from an attacker, you still go to you. You, you don't want to miss like a black tie event, right? I have so many questions. One of which is also: Why are the children wearing jammies? These jammies that are coming up, they're, they bother me. <laughs> I bet, you know, Bob, I think, I think that Cecil bought them for them. But it's like, like, it's they, like sports they, ball. Yeah, but, I, but, you know, it's like, I need the most flammable pajamas you have. <laughs> How easily do these catch on fire? Like, but I'm getting ahead of us. Because we have to talk about the the, uh, the fire. Uh, Mulder flies up to Boston to watch the party with Green, hoping to set a trap for the suspect. Meanwhile, Scully is back in D.C. working on a criminal profile of the killer. And um, I think at this point, there's the discussion of Green and, and Mulder's uh, sex life. I think so, because my note here is, I have so many questions. <laughs> So many. Like boning on the grave of Arthur Conan Doyle, which I guess was supposed to wake him up or something. <laughs> like, is that su- like is that supposed to invoke his spirit to come back? Because Conan Doyle was a real believer in the uh, spiritualist movement. Which is weird because the entire point of Sherlock Holmes was that he just debunked spiritual bullshit. Uh-huh. Well, no, it, it was something that came later in life. Doyle's wife died. And in his grief, he was trying to reconnect with her. And um, he tried to come with it with a skeptic skepticism, but he believed that he would come back. And his friend Houdini was like, nah, bitch. So you're telling me that if someone has lost someone, they may be more susceptible to believe in psychic phenomena? Do you want to go ask my dad? No. Okay. <laughs> that might come, But I'm just saying that might be a bit relevant in, in a future episode. Or the next one. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and it's like, I, I don't get it. Is it supposed to go, are, are, wait, is she a necrophiliac? Because that was the first place I went when I saw this episode again. I think that whatever sex they had got weird. <laughs> Very weird. Like digging up a skeleton and him inserting a skeleton bone inside of her kind of weird? Because... Oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Because <laughs> it could go there. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The visual. <laughs> oh, Can we go on? Digging a, see, digging the grave is foreplay, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. It's like I have so many questions. And I think there was also an edited outline about something at Stonehenge at one point. Uh, Mulder and Green dance during the party and after, share a kiss afterwards. And Scully shows up to the uh, shows up in Boston because apparently she could get up there pretty quickly. Uh, yes, you can. You can. Yeah, it's not. 
shows up to the hotel and sees him and like instant like you know jealousy jealousy raise. yeah i was like oh like, snap oh dang scully's super jelly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. She also spots uh, Lively in the lobby waiting for watching her. A fire alarm goes off after a blaze starts in the Marsden's room where the children are located. Mulder attempts to rescue them, but is overcome both by his phobia and the intense smoke. And severe acting. Oh, God. Oh. They are instead saved by Lively, who um, uh, becomes a big old hero. Hmm. <laughs> Some big damn hero there. Interestingly enough, you know. In the worst pajamas. Those children are in the worst pajamas ever. My dad was a volunteer firefighter for 20 years. Your father was a volunteer for longer. Uh, my father has been a volunteer firefighter since he was 14. Right. Dang. And no fire would have that kind of visibility <laughs> in a burning building. This is this this bothers Anytime you actually see see a movie like Backdraft or something like that, you want to see <laughs> pure unadulterated rage. Ask a fireman to watch Backdraft. <laughs> why is he going, why is he taking his mask off in there? He suffocates in <laughs> two seconds. He doesn't need to have his bunker gear open. He will die. Yeah, yeah. It's it's rage, pure unadulterated rage. Well, I got. A little irritated just that he was even going in there because he's not a firefighter in the first place. You know, like, like and, and then they have to go and save him as well because he's just another person in the fire. And you would think that as a first responder, as that someone who would be that. classified as a first responder, he'd know better. Yeah, my son just brought home stuff from kindergarten on fires, you know, like the other week. And I mean, you're supposed to leave the fire, not go in there. Well, he doesn't even do the thing where he touches the door and you're supposed to check to see, see if, if it's, it's hot, hot in there. I yeah. <laughs> like we learned this in kindergarten. For the record, listeners, a kindergartner knows more about fire safety than the Fox Mulder. Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> Who is supposed to be... And this is important, and this is what is implied because he went to Oxford, is a Rhodes Scholar. When Mulder awakens, uh... Fucking moron. <laughs> Scully questions the questions lively, but is told by Green that he's a longtime employee whose background checks out. Uh, Green then tells Mulder that she'll be accompanying the Marsdens until they return to England the next day. Mulder and Scully, meanwhile, discuss the discuss the uh, profile that Scully has been building. I thought Mulder was the psychological yeah, profile I, I, here. It, yeah, why is a medical doctor writing a profile? It's that she uh, she brings him an X file for once. Like, is this where they have the picture of the dude or the the? the well, sketch? it's where they have the really like the only. If you want your only explanation of what the hell is going on there, you do not miss this like two minute throwaway scene. Like that's the thing that infuriates me about this. Is there's never like there is no explanation to this. Well, other and than that freeze frame I saw where he was painting the house with rocket fuel, I mean, I think that no, kind of no, no, solves no, yeah, it all. Well, there is that, but there is also <laughs> no explanation of how he is able to do this. There is the police sketch that they get, and that sort. And once they realize Lively is the guy, Mulder immediately sheds his robe right in front of Scully. Yes, showing off his tidy <laughs> black brief. <laughs> I, I would like to pause and say how loud you screamed 
about accidentally maybe seeing Mulder ass. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, fuck, no, no, no. Oh, he's wearing pants. First in ice, now in fire. Oh, God. It's like, oh, he's wearing pants. <laughs> Just like, and doesn't give a fuck that Scully's in there, right? Just It's like, okay. He don't care. Not wearing clothes. Strip it on out. It's like, da, da, da. What I'd like to have right now. No. <laughs> no. All you Boston sweat hogs, keep the noise down while I take off my robe. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, we're just going to have the Rick Rude thing right there with this scene. No, like, Scully explains something about child satanic ritual things or something, I think, in this scene. And that's all you get. And some and uh, some kind of tracking down of the name Cecil Lively. <laughs> and this is all you get as an explanation. All right. So they head back up to the Cape, where they um, uh, find the charred body of the driver. Crispy. In the bathroom on the second floor. And suddenly the house bursts into flames again. Uh, Mulder has to face his fear and uh, save the, fam- the Marsden children. Come, Mulder. Fire is this when he kicks me. or he pounds down the door? Like charges at it. That was so hot. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's so strong. Kindergartners know more than Mulder about fire safety. <laughs> you hear? She's he's so strong. God. I like how well contained that fire is, and how clean it's burning. Once again, almost no smoke. No, no, nothing obscuring vision or anything and like that. And especially since you know, if there's a a thing that's supposed to you know instigate it, if there's supposed to be that, shouldn't there be some black smoke? Yes. Because they're burning some chemicals? I don't know. Maybe it's not. I could go maybe it's because it's jet fuel and it burns clear. Well, yeah, but then there's also oil paintings that are burning. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the oil paintings are burning in the hallway. Uh, Scully manages to catch Lively and hold him at gunpoint, but uh, she can't f- shoot him because Lively informs her of the rocket fuel that he painted the house with. Green uh, throws a can of the rocket fuel right in his face. Oh, God. Did you see what he did? The dance? Yeah, he just sets himself right on fire. <laughs> but he like dances toward the door. He does like a, like two twirls like a pirouette. <laughs> it's like Mark Shepard knows that he is going to have a long career of being that guy who did that thing. Time to ham it up, right? It's like I might as well chew on some scenery. <laughs> and then I'm going to set that on fire. And he dances outside <laughs> and just <laughs> burns and laughs and uh, it's the fire it's like child do you think, okay do you think that he is the fire dancer that dave matthews sings about in tripping billies i don't know i think he is anyway with the case closed green returns to england with the marzins and lively is held in a medical facility in a hyperbaric chamber as he awaits his trial you got a cigarette? Healing at an army, right? Being studied by top men. Top. Top. And, he, and the final scene is him asking the nurses for a cigarette. Huh. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> so. You said that uh, David Duchovny almost caught on fire on this. Yes. Apparently he has some sort of nasty scar from a burn that he suffered in the making of this episode. Ooh, nice. <laughs> So it, it got very Werner Herzog-y, apparently. Um, 
Uh, also, this was filmed on location at the Venable Plaza Hotel in Vancouver, which uh, parts of it were anyway, and which uh, had uh, coincidentally been rebuilt after burning to the ground. Hmm. So I wonder if they informed them of that and they said, yeah, go ahead. So the uh, pants that Mulder wears, the underwear, was apparently a conscious choice of David Duchovny. What? Yeah. <laughs> he made the choice for the black briefs. He, they're black silk underwear. Hmm. <laughs> Not surprised. Not least. No. Where did you find nah. out that it was what kind of underwear it was? Like that, like that right research. there was I, a special kind of research. I went to the X-Files wiki. <laughs> And also, people are really crazily obsessed. Yeah, people. Yeah. Mm. People. <laughs> I used to be so We're not- obsessed with that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that until at least... Gee. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> uh, this episode was all right. I, I liked it. Uh, sure. I mean, there was a couple close, brief calls. Meh. 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 I don't think it really furthered anything in terms of in terms of Mulder and Scully and their relationship, apart from like that those flashes of jealousy and yeah, that was oh, cool. yeah. She was weird ex girlfriend. She was salty as fuck for some reason. I, the fire fear. Well, felt kind of come forced. on now. Do you blame her? That was weird. I will give you that. That Just is out of left field. Mulder's fear is fire. And it's like, and you it's know, not even something he experienced personally. His friend was in the fire, and he just sat in the rubble. Maybe that was like, just a story, though. Maybe it's the one thing he can't put his dick in, and he learned that the the like, hard way. What? <laughs> Don't put your dick in fire, kids. <laughs> I think That's the thing that bothers mean. me. I think the thing that bothers me is that seems more logical. It, and maybe it's just that if you're looking at it from the overhaul of the series, this is completely in fucking congruent. It, it's so because wild. well. Not only that, but like Mulder's fear of fire never comes up again. And also, I have a question. Who the fuck is like looting a burned out building on Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. What the shit? Who is that desperate in Martha's Vineyard? It's such a like rushed story. It's like, let's give Mulder some depth. Oh, fuck it. Scully looking at Mulder every time she, he's with Phoebe has more depth. Like, she's just like annoyed. <laughs> It's like, Jillian Anderson's not in that episode that much, but when she's there, it's like, I'm really not happy to be here. No, no, every, so. every note I had with her on screen was catty as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, uh, let's go ahead and pass out review scores now, huh? I am going to give this one three buttered scones and a cup of hot tea. <laughs> um, no, I got nothing. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead and give the score, then. 42. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, your score? I have one and a half cassette tapes, I guess. Yes. Out of three. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'll go back. 42 bad guest appearances on a Joss Whedon show. (laughs) It happened. Look it up. You better not take my rating. Vanya, your score. Ah, let's see. (laughs) Um, Four pairs of Mulder's burning underwear. (laughs) Out of five. Good. That was really good. Thank nice you. <laughs> and Valentine. Uh, I give this one three skeletal fingerings. Oh god. And a toothy blowjob. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. Well, 
This has certainly been a fun episode. I am Todd, the man on fire, the king of on-demand audio. <laughs> Tune in next week when... You know what? I don't want to do it this week. You could do it. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. I'm Todd. She's Shannon. For Marissa, Valentine, and Vanya, I want to thank you all for listening. Please remember to like us on Facebook. Follow our our accounts on Twitter. Rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and whatever, wherever you get your uh, on-demand audio. Rate, subscribe, and share. And as always, keep seeking the truth because it's out there. Bullshit. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Hello, ladies and... Good, that was too much, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell am I? What the fuck? Blimey! We're losing all our tots!